You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. And uh, we're the little brothers up the hill. Uh, God took me um, oh, a long time ago down to Sydney uh, to do training down in Sydney. So I'm a graduate um, of what was then Southern Cross Bible College, which is now Alpha Crucis, and uh, studied. And it's quite amazing, uh, really, for me, because my identity as a teenager was very confused. And uh, I just... Uh, from a very young age, I, I just got off the track. I can remember, who remembers the World Expo? Uh, and they made, yep, okay, right, I'm on a good audience. I'm just sort of gauging the age group. The, uh, as a World Expo, that um, I may have been younger or older than maybe some of you, um, but I can remember my cousin giving me my first joint at, uh, yeah, at World Expo, um, which shows you some of my background. Um, and and then I was 12 years old, and, and that led to a terrible destruction of my identity as a person. And um, and so after that point, that opened the door um, for the um, just for the enemy to have a field day in my teenage years. Uh, when I was 18, I became a Christian. I got saved um, at a church you may know used to know as Spring Street uh, Assemblies of God, which today is called Civic. And uh, it's a brilliant church up there. And uh, so my identity changed. I can remember the pastor at the time there. His name was Pastor Jeremy Griffiths. And uh, he, he brought me into his office. And I looked, uh, uh, I looked crazy, right, because I didn't know my identity. And I had, um, like, so I had three or four earrings up one side. I had a couple of earrings over the other side. I dressed like a crazy person, like I had, I had no sense of fashion, some of you might still say that, but it's like, I, I, like come on, you got to like my kicks, I thought, I'm going to the city, I got to buy some kicks, right, just to, you know, because I knew Tim would come sparkling clean looking, so I thought, I'll get some kicks just for Ipswich, um, and uh, thank you, thank you, Kat. Uh, can I just say, Kat, I love your worship leading. If I, could tour, if I could take you on tour into the bush, the country people would love yeah, your worship on. leading. Yeah. Just the presence that you carry, yeah, and that's awesome. super awesome. Anyway, so I've got a confused identity, right? And so the, the pastor saw, like, who's this crazy kid has just rocked up in his church? And the, the way I looked, and it was just like, so every Sunday I started showing up, like, I'd be the first person he'd come to. And I thought this guy was really friendly, right? <laughs> Later on, I learned from the youth pastor that the pastors had got together on the following Tuesday and said, if that young bloke comes again into our church, don't leave him alone in our church. And like, they were hunkering down Pastor Tim. They were like, they were like locking up the doors. They were nailing down all of the, you know, the gold communion stuff that we, you know, I was pretty impressed with the gold, you know, back in the day. Do you remember that, folks? You would have had them here, I bet. I think I've had communion here with the old gold communion trays that go around, you know. And uh, it was like, lock up all the good stuff because we just got to suss this guy out. Three years later, uh, we had Pastor uh, Fred Evans uh, he talked to me and said, son, you know, you've got the call of God in your life, you've got to go off to Sydney. And uh, it was there where I started theological training. Like our identity, I, I just want to say something uh, I, for someone here today. I just got this Proverbs 3 thing going on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your, um, uh, on your own understanding. It's like, in our, your heart's your place of understanding, right? 
as a teenager, my, my understanding of the world and myself and of God was just so skewed if because of what, the, what my experiences were, what the world was portraying on the TV and the media and the movies. And I didn't understand who I was or my role on the earth and, and my role in family and my, just on the planet, like why I'm here. And friend, I'm telling you today, you're here because a great mighty God has purposed every yeah. moment of your life. Yeah. He knows every hair on your head. If you've got some, you're blessed to start with. Everyone in here apart from one or two of you, you're blessed more than me. He, he knows every hair. He knows and understands you. He really does understand wow. you. He understands your heart. He understands your pain. Is ever, but do you know, in the midst of that, in the midst of all of that understanding, he really has a powerful church and you are that powerful Christian yeah. in his powerful church. He wants to create something out of any, no matter your background, no matter wherever you come from. And the first, it's, in, it's interesting, the first six years of my life, I spent, um, my, my family were very wealthy and, uh, and my dad, uh, that I went to one of the um, best private schools in Queensland for the first six years of my life. Then my dad got sick. All the money went, and he wasn't a good planner with his money. We went from, uh, I went from being one of the richest uh, families uh, who I knew to nothing, and my mum went out to work. Um, to look after the family. Uh, an identity crisis came into our family like we were the haves and we went to the have-nots. And it, it was completely confusing. It doesn't matter where you come from. You might be part of the haves and you can still feel like, the, you can still feel insignificant and lost and alone. And you might be part of the have-nots looking over the fence. Friend, it's not any better over there because what happens inside you, what happens inside of us in our identity will, will cause an, either an avalanche or an uprising of God's purpose and destiny for your life. God wants to do something powerful in all of us. And, uh, and there's some building blocks. You're doing this uh, thing on equipped at the moment. So, man, I just love that. I just, um, I love your pastor. Uh, just, just equipping you. And I just thought today I, I would preach on building blocks for powerful Christians. You see, Jesus wants us all to be, be, be powerful, be filled with his power. Right? You've been learning that on Max. Be filled with power from on high. So that, that is real. That is his plan for you uh, to be powerful. But what does that powerful look like? Well, first of all, for, for us to be effective as Christians, we've really got to come into understanding of who we are first. Because, if, friend, if you're confused about who you are, like you just go wandering in the desert until you realize the nature. Israel just kept on wandering in the desert, even after they've been told the promises of God and that we're gonna go, we're gonna cross that, and we're gonna take uh, the promised land. Uh, every time something came up uh, and, and disbelief and dysfunction came up in the nation, they kept wandering around the desert. And that was never where God intended for them to be. He wanted them to step into the promises of God and to lay claim to what he had already said. Anyway, that's... Wasn't part of what I was going to say. <laughs> knowledge of God. So he wants three things: the knowledge of yourself, knowledge of God, and knowledge of others. And that'll bring understanding and power into a Christian's world. What knowledge of yourself? You need to understand yourself. You need to have a knowledge of God, understand God, and a knowledge of other people relationally, because people come into your world 
and they are confused and they, they have lost their identity. They don't know. Mate, the telly is telling them all sorts. Politics, you know, minority groups, they're, they're telling us how to think. They're trying to rob your thought. We'll talk about that in a minute. They're trying to rob our identity. They're trying to, uh, they're trying to impress an identity on you that is just not you because the identity that you've got has been impressed on you by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what he says about it is what goes. In my world, so let's get into it. The first start, I want to start with uh, what the Jewish people call the Shema. Say that, Shema. Shema. Is there any like converted Jews in the place? No, I was going to get you to help me um, sing the Shema because uh, I ain't going to sing it today because you'll all go running. (laughs) But here's Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Now the Shema is the daily prayer of the Jewish people. By thousands of years ago, and today, a, uh, a devout, God-loving um, Jewish person uh, will get up and the first thing in the morning is they sing or they say they read the Shema. But if you heard a Jewish person read the Torah or pray, when, when they're, when they're uh, reading uh, from uh, the Torah, they have this tonal um, m- melody and that's how they learn to read uh, the Torah, their Old Testament, uh, and that's how they pray. In Hebrew, there's, it, it's like a song, and um, that's how they recite. And so this is the original building block. This is right back when Moses gave them the law. He encouraged the nation of Israel with this. It says this, hear, and that's where we get Shema. Shema means listen, hear. That's why this prayer is called Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with and with, and with, these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. So the start of every day for a practicing devout Jew is the Shema. I'm going to have a, I'm just going to say this. Um, if you see the Hebrew line there, it may come up. And so you read Hebrew from right to left, not left to right. So it says, Shema, which means here. Israel, Adonai the Lord, Elohim, Adonai Echad, one. And they get up and the first thing they do, get up, they'd be on the, on the ground. There's, there's records um, and from Archaeology, archaeological digs of how they would tie the word upon their forehead. They'd have little leather pouches and they would tie this little, and in the leather pouch was the Shema in prayer form, tucked in the little leather pouch and they would do it on their hands as well. And so they would start the first part of the day. They'd have the word on their forehead, it's identity, on their hands and arms and they would begin to pray the Shema. This was the building blocks of the Jewish faith. This is the building blocks of the Jewish faith. Jesus re-emphasizes this. Uh, the Jewish, uh, Jewish lawyers came up to him um, and wanted to know, what's the greatest commandment? Like, how do we interpret this particular fellow who was like, we have got over 600 laws, Jesus. Um, tell us the first. Tell us the first and greatest so we can learn how to interpret all these other 600 laws. Tell us the key to interpret all these laws. This was a, uh, this was a, 
a Hebrew lawyer who just wanted to seek and find out and understand what all this law was about. And Jesus answered the most important one, Jesus answered. And see, he knows this. It's like Jesus is like, you know it because you get up every morning and you pray. And when before you go to bed, you pray. And this is what he says. Hear, O Israel, listen. Shema, Adonai, Elohim, Adonai, Akkad. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is like this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no greater than these. Jesus was telling us how to interpret all of the law. The prayer they prayed every day, the prayer they prayed twice every day, became the foundation block of spirituality and power for the nation. So friends, uh, I do come from, an, I, I grew, those six years in private school was Anglican, right? And like I had to, every day I went to school, I had to recite prayers. They didn't mean anything to me um, because they, no one taught me about a relationship with God. That was up until I was 10, 10, 11 years old. The day I became a Christian, all those prayers flooded back to me. I could, rec- I could recite the Anglican prayer book. Didn't mean a word, but as soon as the Holy Spirit came into my life, all of that that was planted me and sown in me was like, boom, all that prayer, the Lord's Prayer. It's like the Lord's Prayer just came, came flooding back into my life and it all made sense in a flash. The Holy Spirit just showed me what it was all about. Yeah, and it's really cool. So God really understands us. He understands human functions. Now, I love um, uh, psychologists, particularly Christian psychologists who frame things up with a um, theological perspective as well. Their, their intent and their goal was to sort of understand humankind, but no one can understand me better than Jesus. So like, I'm all, I'm all for psychology if it can help you understand yourself because you need to understand yourself, but some of it's a bit wonky. <laughs> it's not redeemed by Jesus, a lot of it. Um, but to help, anything that helps you understand yourself, like I think God's into it because he needs you. But the reality is, is he knows me better than anybody else. Yeah. He knows you. He really does understand you. Oh, well, how, can I, how can God understand you? you know, no, God created you yeah. and me. And he understands you, your makeup, everything about you. If you've been a professional, right, you've, had a, you've done a personality test, right? That's, you know... The onset of understanding yourself, psychology 101 is, you know, personality profiles and there's all sorts of them out there. The best pro personality profile you can get is the Shema. Because let me, let me tell you why. Because there's four things he talks, in, he, he talks in about that. He talks about your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength that you're doing. See, your heart directs your life. It gives you purpose. It is actually what controls your destiny, your heart. So, well, God can trust me. Only a, only a heart that's submitted to the Spirit of God will be, have its destiny controlled by God. Right? So that's why he goes straight to the heart of the things. Love the Lord your God. Love him with all your heart. Because your heart controls your destiny. It's your desire. You go after it, right? It controls, it gives you purpose and value, your heart. What's most important to you. Secondly, it's your soul is your feelings, right? Who's a... Who's a feeler here? Who just, you know, who's the feelers? I just love the, when I was a teenager, I was a feeler, you know? When you're feeling down, 
Don't go to a doer. They'll just give you a job. Don't go to the strong guy, right? Now, we've all got feelings, thoughts, and our strength. We all are made up and we all have a heart, right? This is, a, this is an old paradigm, but maybe new if you've just been exposed to psychological profiles. This pro, God profiled you ages ago. The first time I met Pastor Tim, right, just, he's just smiling at me, and he's, you know, and he's listening to me. I thought, oh, wow, this guy's really connecting with me at that level. Um, and then when I started to talk, I was looking at him and I saw this sort of sparkly, glazy, sort of like, was he really looking at me? And what I could see, he was thinking. I was talking, and as I was talking my, you know, brilliant talk that I do, <laughs> I could see your pastor, he was thinking. He's a, is that right? Like, have you experienced that with Pastor Tim? Like, he's just, like, the guy's just thinking all the time. Is that right, Kat? Is he a bit of a thinker? See, senior pastors, right, the problem with senior pastors is they're forced into strength because they're servers. So he's doing everything. Betcha that was what he's up to. He's doing everything. Now, the great thing about the, the, um, this is that we're all made up with thinking and feeling and doing but a lot of us have a lean towards. Now, I haven't spent as much time with Kat. I'd, I'd love to hear her opinion on where um, he lies. Some of us lean towards one more than the other. So thinking might be, you know, who's a thinker? Who are you sitting there and they're just thinking about what I'm saying? You're analysing it. It's really good. You need to give me a nine out of 10 after. All you thinkers, go home. Put nine up on the fridge, that guy was awesome. I know you're analysing me right now. Uh, you know, some of you doers, you just, you just can't wait to get out of here because you've got stuff to do. It's like, <laughs> really, Pastor Tony? Really? It's Tony. <laughs> you feelers out there, just feeling it. I've got love for you. Come on, feelers. Show me, got love for you. Got a lot of love? Get some love. When, whenever you're feeling pain, you go to a feeler. They just, they just love on you. The big thing here in the Shema is this. It starts with this here, right? It starts with your hearing. That's what God wants his church to get back. If you're going to be equipped with something, the church has to be a hearer. We have to be hearers. And in today's world, right, in today's world, got to understand that the building blocks of power, of spiritual power for you with God is not premised on your capacity to give your opinion. But your ability to listen to what God is saying to you and be in tune to what the people around you are saying so you can discern if they're speaking from the Spirit of God. Matthew 13 says this, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you are, but do not see it. 
See what you see, sorry, but do not see it. And to hear what you hear, but do not hear it. You know what changed my life? When that pastor got me into his office and, 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 I, and I realized the context of it, he was just trying to figure out, I gotta keep this kid close, he's a disaster. I went into his office, he did this new, uh, started this new Christians course and he said, you, you gotta do one thing, you gotta learn this one scripture. And it was uh, John 1, 12. But for those who believed and for those who received, to them he's given the right to become children of God. And I heard it and I listened up. And, and, you know, and the night before I went to bed at one o'clock, I couldn't move because I was so plastered. The next day, this man speaks to me the Scriptures of God. And from that day on, God delivered me because God said I was His child. And I knew where I belonged and I knew who I was. I wasn't that confused kid. I wasn't, I, I wasn't in the wilderness anymore. I was a child of the King. And I'd go around the church saying, oh, did you know that I'm God's child? I didn't, I didn't know like, how to be a Christian, right? <laughs> also, it took about another six weeks to God to uh, help me with my language um, because I was a prolific swearer. Um, but that day, I got God. And, 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 and I go around the church, have you heard about God? <laughs> bleep, 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 God is so good. Praise God, God just gave the grace to the congregation. Now I think back now, because I was the pastor, be like, how do we exit this guy's stage right? Quick. The whole congregation just loved on me. Because they saw that there was a boy who'd heard, who listened up. And they were listening. They were listening like, yeah, we just got to give this kid some room to learn what it is to be one of those children. So I knew it, then I had to learn what it is to be his child. Whoa, so don't, let's not sort of worry about it, hey? Like God, God's doing his work in each other's hearts, but where, where it is, friends, is shema, listen up. What, has YouTube got your ears? Has the Instagram got your ears? Has the telly got your ears? You know, has the local politician got your ears? You know who really wants it. The, the, if we want spiritual power back in our lives, we've got to listen up to Adonai, Elohim, the Lord your God. I know I'm speaking to a room full of seasoned Christians. This isn't, this isn't for me let me tell you, this is for me so powerful today as it was 30 years ago. I just, I need that today more than ever. We need it today more. If you're a, a mature Christian, you need, uh, you're about to impress uh, on, on, on young people's lives, on the next generation, we need to be listening up. Now I'm 30 years on, I can say it to, to those of you, maybe if you have been a Christian for longer than 30 years, you might say this young, but I know what you're doing. But anyone who hasn't, friend, now's the time. Listen up. Listen up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul. And all your strength. You know, your heart. Your heart's beating. Your spiritual heart is beating. God's speaking upon your heart. Can you hear him? I love this, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the... 
pure in heart because what? They will see God. You see? It's the heart. It's the heart that puts God above all else. It's in that place of heart. The purity of heart says there's only one thing that sits over the control of my heart and that's Adonai, Elohim, the Lord my God. And it's that person who will see God. You see, the people who understand have today, Christians, we need to be more powerful. It seems like it's been, we've watered it down. It seems like the whole thing's watered down. And people don't like watered down stuff. Like, don't water down my Coke. Like, I can tell when you water down my Coke. Don't, don't, don't water down the soup. I love my pea and ham child. I'm from the country. If you water down my pea and ham soup, I'm coming knocking. Don't water down the things in my heart. I'm not going to water it down. I want it to be pure, that I can see God. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth. Your heart brings you into the power of the kingdom of God. It's your heart that does it. It's in here. It's within in the most person. So we've got to get our heart going on there. And that you profess your faith and are saved. Listen, this is where the heart goes wrong, though. Like, because your heart directs your life, right? Gives its purpose and value. When the heart gets on its and it's it can be quickly deceived, right? My heart. This next verse. But the things come out of the person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. So the heart can direct us. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. What is your flow? Because that, what comes out of the heart is that flow of the power of God. As Christians, if we want the power of God, we've got to get into that flow that flows from our heart and our heart connected with, with, with God. What, what, like, for younger, what, like, what is your jam? Like, what does you do? What, what's the most, and what do you talk about all the time? What, what are you saying? What's flowing from your, what's flowing from your, is the spirit of God, is the love of God, is encouragement? What is, what is in your flow? What's your, what's your flow? When people come near you, what are they gonna what are they jumping into? What are they gonna get into when they're at your place? You know, there is a we need to understand that that's the place of uh, if we want spiritual power with God and we want the power of God just flowing through our church, flowing through our families. It starts here. In our heart, where's your flow? You know, a river has banks to direct the flow. What are some of the boundaries? that keep the direction of your flow? What are some of the boundaries that keep the direction of your flow? Maybe there's places you've got to stay out of. Maybe there's conversations you've got to stay away from. Maybe there's conversations you've been saying and like YouTube or Instagram or Facebook stuff that, that's been your flow, that's been your jam, that's just been causing difficulty in your family and it's been causing difficulty in your community because your flow is criticism and your flow is, you know, whatever your flow is, it's like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm standing on this. That's like, Jesus is like, that's not my flow. Maybe that's your flow, but that's not Jesus' flow. And so we've got to open up our hearts. So the flow, and, and there needs to, friends, there needs to be some banks, you know, there needs to be some guides, amen? 
I give you today are to be on your hearts, these commandments in the Shema, and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. What does he say? Impress. You see, a powerful church, a, a, a church that is equipped and effective, understand how to impress things on the heart of the next generation. They understand how to, by standing, because your heart is your place of value, by standing on your values. See, that's where mind and strength comes in. By standing on the value system that's brought, by, that's brought down by our relationship with the scriptures, with the Holy Spirit, with our Father in heaven, and with our spiritual leaders, they put us in a good standing of values. This is what is important to me. This is what I value. And I'm not going to shift it because a politician tells me. I'm not going to shift it because one of my family tells me. I'm not going to shift it because of, there's pressure on from me at work. I'm not going to shift it because I stand on the solid rock on which I stand. Because I stand on the solid rock. Why don't we stand to our feet today? This is prophetic. Come on, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. You're standing. You're standing today on holy ground. Why? Because God is raising a church as you stand. God is raising a church that will stand on the Word of God, that will stand on Jesus, will stand on, you see, because for us to stand, it's in this place where we can begin to impress upon the next generation that we won't move from this spot. Our next generation don't need to see us like walking to the next place. Oh, we believe this now. Oh, this is okay over here. We're going to go, oh, oh, well, I've got to, I've got to catch up with what these people politicians are doing and get having our mind and our strength stolen by the world and God is calling us to stand, to stand. Say it with me, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. You see, God understands you. He understands you. He understands that there's time. He understands me where I am weak to stand. I just want to sit. Stay standing for one minute. This is a test for you. Can you stand? This is the test. Can you stand? Because I just want to sit. There's times I just want to sit. Would you just give me a break? Would you just give me a break for a couple of minutes, God? Would you just give me a break from these kids? Would you just give me a break from this pastor? Would you just give me a break from my word? Would you just, I just want to sit. And God's causing his church to stand and to be strong. Say, so I will stand on the word. I'll stand on faith in Jesus. I ain't going to sit down and watch the next generation just flap around in the breeze with all the thoughts they have, with everything that's been thrown at them. They need a generation to stand and say, we stand on the living word of God. And we're not going to move. We're not going to move. We're not going to move. The, the Hebrew word is sinat. It means to sharpen, to impress, to get. So when, you, when you're getting ready to prepare, right? So impress is this, prepare the next generation. But the, the original word comes from them sharpening their arrows, pastor. It's like today you stand, see an army doesn't do this. An army stands and prepares and is sharpening the arrows and sees over the horizon. Yeah, there's more enemy coming. I ain't moving. Oh yeah, yes son. Yes daughter, I hear them too. I hear the shouts of the world and the enemy. They don't have faith yet. 
but I'm sharpening my arrow. I'm sharpening, I'm getting ready. I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm loving, I'm getting my heart ready. I'm bringing it to Jesus. I'm, I'm standing with Him in prayer. I'm letting Him speak in every part of my life. I'm listening, God, I'm preparing, I'm sharpening. And today, friend, God is sharpening you. God's sharpening His army to stand and to impress. And I'm getting ready because the enemy's come, wants to take my kid out of the kingdom, wants to, wants to bring uh, disease and sickness into my body, but I, I, I'm preparing because the enemy's, the enemy's coming, but I'm preparing. I'm preparing. And that's one of the worst things that we can do, friends, is not be prepared because the enemy come upon us like a lion. And so God is preparing his church and calling it to stand. You can take a seat for one moment. You know, our impression is this, we're impressed by a whole lot of things. You know, when we talk about impress, we can impress something upon but we also like, what are you impressed by? We gotta be careful, church, what we're impressed by. What, what, what the next generation see us impressed by. In other words, what's valuable to us? What do we go after? Oh, I'm impressed by that Mercedes out of the car park. Oh, I'm impressed by that, you know, that good looking pastor with his trendy kicks. One day I can be like him. <laughs> That's just a joke, right? Oh. I'm impressed by that person with, you know, that wealthy business person. Now, all these people, I love you. We're, you know, you're doing your thing with Jesus. I'm talking about where our hearts is. Like, what do you value? Because you don't know the values in those people's lives. Why are we comparing ourselves to them? We don't need to be, to be impressed by them. What we need to be impressed by is by the values of the kingdom of God, by the love of God. By the, by the service, serving in the kingdom of God. What, what are you impressed by? That's what you go after. That's where your heart will lead you. What are you impressed by? Are you impressed by an amazing God that can heal the sick? Restore the lost? Change a person's destiny forever? Take a joint smoking confused kid from Toowoomba? Just so you know, I haven't smoked a joint for over 30 years. <laughs> You know what? It's so important, the heart stuff, because that's where God comes. That's why we have to prepare our heart right now. Can we prepare our hearts? Because that's where the Holy Spirit comes. Everyone who drinks this water will never be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them, indeed, a water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus said at one of the festivals, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Romans 5. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. 2 Corinthians. Now it is God who makes us, both us and you, stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He has called you, every one of us. Sent His seal, His impressed, His ownership on us and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Ephesians 3, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, innermost being. This is where His power is gonna come. In your heart, in your heart. 
being led, being spirit-led, folks, is uh, one of our greatest tools for building power in our Christian life. Being spirit-led is about where and when you'll take your next step in Christ. Romans 8, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you see brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Like I said at the beginning, one preacher just spoke over my life, spoke John 1, 12 over my life, told me I was a child of God changed my life forever. I need the Spirit to keep telling me who I am. I need the Spirit. We need for, for, for us to be powerful Christians, for us to be a powerful church. He's the one that we need keep telling us who we are. I am son of the living God. I'm one of His own. I am a righteous person. I have been cleaned. I am one who has not held all my sins against me. I am a loved person. The Spirit of God tells me I am a loved person. Am I lovable? Am I loved? The Spirit comes in and testifies and says, I love you. You're lovable. I'm a valuable person. The Spirit comes and says, that's why I've got to listen up. He continually tell you, I am healed. I am purpose. I am God's Thank you for listening to this podcast. Spirit of God is calling us. Today is a day of strength, right? I believe the Spirit of God is prophesying. Today is a day of strength for this church. And I believe it's actually uh, uh, for you, Pastor Tim and Kat. I think there is a spirit of strength in the Lord that's just about, it's about workings of the things of God. It's going to work out in the fabric of Ipswich. It's going to work out in our lives. There is a physical uh, a strength and a working of the Spirit of God to come upon the church in the name of Jesus as you step into things. But first of all, we've got to listen. We've got to listen. 
I'm just going to invite you today to take, uh, you, you, you just hunger after, you just need to be in that place. You know you need to be listening up. And there's a, uh, there's a movement of strength that comes out. There's a stepping into something new. There's a stepping in today. It's a new day. It's yeah. a new day. And I need to, I'm so glad God's given me a new day where I'm going to listen up. It's a new day for you. There's a new day, a new day, a new day, a new day. And God's calling His people to listen, to step out in strength in the name of Jesus. I just believe that there's a prophetic, uh, like a prophetic move of the Spirit upon us to listen up. There's a strength. This church is going to stand like you've already stood, I know. But through the next season, this church is going to be known as a church that has stood through the test. Stood through the test. Stood through the test. I'm just going to invite you to say, yeah, that's me. I'm stepping out. I'm hearing. I want to stand on the things of the Lord. I'm going to invite you to take a step out of your seat and come to the front where I'm going to pray a prophetic um, prayer uh, over everyone. Come now. Come now. Just take a step. You've been standing. And now you just need the Spirit of God just to speak. Yeah. If you're a leader especially, I'd invite you to come because people that you're going to press on, you need to be hearing the Word of the Lord for them. You need to be hearing the Word of the Lord for them. I just see grandparents as well. I see grandparents. Yeah, if we could all take a step forward. I just see grandparents. I see grandparents. You've got multiple gen- and great-grandparents. You've got multiple generations coming in behind you. And I just, I just see, like you go, oh, this young generation, they don't listen. They don't listen. You and I were the same. They're just going through a season. But what you are going to... Yeah, keep coming forward. There's a whole space here. I want to prophesy over everyone and then we're going to... For the grandparents, you just keep standing because the the generations kind of come after you are going to launch off your standing. They're They're going to know how to stand because you stood. Can I just get the grandparents, can you lift your hands up? And you don't have to be at the front, even if you're a grandparent at the back. I want to pray for you. Because they're come, there's coming right now. It's that spirit, that spirit of standing. You've stood. I know there's people who've been here for 30 years plus. You've stood, you've stood. And you're thinking, I've done my time. I've done my 30 years, Tony. Well, you just got that wrong, friend, because God's gone into the very day you breathe your last breath. You're gonna stand because the next generation need you to stand. They need you to stand and see the generations through. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. God, speak to you about the next generation, about your kids and your kids' friends. Let the Holy Spirit come upon you. If you're praying tongues, you can do that right now. Let the Spirit of God fire you up again and fan you into flame. In the name of Jesus, you're a stander. You are strong. There's a spirit of strength that are going to come into your bones the last days of your life you're going to be stronger than ever you're going to be looking at these young whippersnippers going look at them look at them flapping around give them strength in their bones give them strength in their spirit give them strength in their words teach them to hear the beautiful words of the living God in Jesus mighty name yeah everyone in the front why don't we put our hands up we're going to have people come and just lay hands upon you we're not going to prophesy, but your prayer team here—we're just going to—they're just going to lay hands upon you, and they're going to say one of four words. 
as they lean on you. Heart, soul, mind, or strength. God bless you, folks. Come on, worship team.